Guys, welcome back to another ESL podcast, man. I am your host, Arsenio, as usual. And oh my god, we had a very, very fun weekend of a lot of different things. You know, I got sick over the past couple of days. That's why you did not get a podcast last Friday. But it is Monday. We I did have a fantastic podcast with uh, a super fan of mine. Uh, and she looked up my pronunciation podcast on Spotify. She found me. She added me on different links to social media. And now she's doing amazing things. I'm just so proud of her, and I'm just so happy that uh, search engines do work. So I hope you guys listened to that. If you did not listen to that, make sure you check that out. And big, big, big shout-out to all my folks out there in Japan. I hope you guys are taking care of yourself. I heard that a crazy typhoon had just hit. But nonetheless, man, you guys are hitting records on my podcast. I'm just so excited, and it's everywhere. From the top, Hokkaido and Sapporo, all the way down to the southern part, it's just phenomenal. I don't know how you guys ended up finding out about me, but man, I'm excited, I'm so happy, and I couldn't be grateful enough. So, with that being said, of course, my Brazilians, you're number two. Americans, you guys are the number three, and I'm getting a lot of different places in America that are beginning to listen to me, too which is also exciting. So, guys, numbers and records, of course, are always coming. Make sure, for you newcomers, if you guys want additional material, if you're learning additional things, if you want to learn, like, a writing course and whatnot, all of that is available on Patreon, okay? So make sure you utilize that. Of course, the link is in the description, and email me if you have any questions in regards to that. But nonetheless, here we go, guys. We got a challenge today. Season 5, episode number 6, Study Skills Proofreading Challenge. So, this could be for English majors, for people who want to become better writers, people in journalism, whatever it may be. See, proofreading is everything. I'm going to give you guys a couple of tips before getting into this proofreading segment, which you're going to do. So again, this will probably potentially be a very, very short podcast, but... The template is on the ArsenioBuckShow.com, so you make sure you go on there and you tune into it, or else, again, you're not going to be able to do this nice little, uh, what is it, this little challenge that I have. So nonetheless, these are the tips for proofreading. You have to read it out loud. You know, sometimes when I read things out loud, when I'm finished writing something, I read it out loud, and I'm like, huh, that doesn't make any sense. Because sometimes when we're reading, sometimes when we're writing or especially typing, it's kind of like that mind-body connection along with your fingers and whatnot. And yes, there are times that we think ahead of what we're actually typing and then we type something additional or we type the wrong verb or this or that happens all the time. So when you guys are done, it's all about reading out loud, which I'm going to be doing uh, following right after this. So that's one little tip that you guys could do for proofreading. Another tip. Look for mistakes. It could be the typing errors, the spelling errors. Uh, what, what is it? Look up and even look up some of the doubtful spellings. You know, there uh, there was always uh, a spelling that I always got completely thrown off with, and it was called a commit. It's a verb, right? But the thing is, I'm like, okay, is it one T or is it two Ts? Sometimes I would see two Ts on a poster back in high school, and then I would see one T. And I'm like, well, what the hell T is it? I don't understand a goddamn thing. What the hell's going on right now? You understand what I'm saying? So, always read it out. Uh, I mean, you know, look up those doubtful words that you're really not sure about. I remember I had a girlfriend 600 million years ago, and she said, hey, you know what? I said, yeah, 
of course, this is when I was a child. I was 20 years old. I think I was 19 at the time. She was like, is learnt with the T a word? I'm like, I don't know. I never looked it up. Google was still kind of garbage back in 2007. So then she found out. She was like, yes, it is a word. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then I looked it up again. Well, of course, I've just seen this over the past couple of years. And I'm like, oh, British English, they use T. American English, we use ED. Pretty interesting, right? So always look up the doubtful spellings that you're just not sure about. So going into the next one. If you used a spell checker, check for words that are not misspellings, but which are not the word you want to use, such as there and there. Very, very important. T-H-E-R-E -E and T-H-E-I-R. One is a location. The other one is a possessive adjective. Their phones. Hey, I'm going there tomorrow. You see, you're going to a specific place tomorrow. I would always get confused with um, T-H-E-N and T-H-A-N in uh, college. I didn't know what the difference was. We did learn about this stuff back in school. I remember the, the what is it, the, what, what is it? A noun is a person, place, thing, idea. I still remember that. And then the verb, and then it would, like, the tonality of the song would go down, and it would go into this these deep crevices, and I'm like, ew, I don't like to say, the, you don't know, I don't want to say the rest of the song because it just sounds too dark to me. I didn't know what any of that was until I had a rude awakening in the sophomore year of my high school, uh, you know, learning with uh, Mr. Blackmer, a college preparatory course that actually helped me improve my writing significantly. Only to, of course, what is that? That following year, Mr. Banto, 11th grade, he ended up saying, oh my God, you almost got a perfect writing score on your writing proficiency. Congratulations. Why? Because it was actually someone telling me, hey, you're not very good. And that's someone who was telling me that her native language was Spanish. She's from Mexico. Mine was English. And when she said, ooh, your writing is not that good, I took that offensive. Not from her standpoint, but a standpoint that, Arsenio, fix your shit. That's all there is to it. So, guys, again, there is Grammarly. Grammarly actually helps a lot. I had a content writer by the name of Juon with me, who used to do a lot of my show notes, if you guys don't already know. And when she started using Grammarly, I didn't have to go through and proofread her write-ups anymore. Because Grammarly helped. Now, again, don't become so, don't become, uh, uh, what is it? Be, you need to become self-sufficient. Know that you need to write on your own and then you can use Grammarly to check a couple of things. Don't just write everything on Grammarly because you want to play it safe. That kind of defeats the purpose of learning a language to begin with. Am I right? It's great. It's a great tool to have, okay? In terms of proofreading. But don't just write everything on there because you know it's safe. Because then it's going to defeat the purpose of learning a language to begin with. Next one. When proofreading for grammar, punctuation, and spelling, it can help to work backwards through your writing to avoid drifting into skim reading. Right? So work backwards instead of going forwards as we normally do. Okay, start on the left, right. Okay, down, down, down. Do it from downwards up just so you can avoid skim reading. Because when you start skim reading, you're not looking for the grammar, the punctuation, or anything. Skim reading, that's only for people who are, you know, taking a test, such as IELTS. So be careful. Or, of course, SATs, ACTs, and stuff. And the last one, note down certain errors you make regularly. 
and be particularly careful in checking them. These are some great techniques that you can begin to use. So you know what? Instead of just reading this out loud, you know what? I'm going to read this out loud because some of this might not even make sense. So guys, what there is, is a paragraph. There are eight errors within the paragraph. It could be grammar errors, punctuation, spelling, and of course, words that are spelled incorrectly. Now, I wrote this directly from, of course, one of my favorite books, Skillful. And this is a nice little paragraph. In this paragraph, there are words that are used incorrectly. There are punctuation errors and other things. I'm going to read it out loud to see if it makes sense. And then you guys are going to go on my blog, check, send me the paragraph. If you get it, hey, you get one free teaching hour. So take advantage of this. Now, let's start this off. The rise of crowdfunding has positively contributed to the economy. Malik survey that 61,654 kickstart projects that had achieved their target investment of over 1,000 between 2009 and 2015. He found that five 135 full-time jobs has been created by these projects in addition to the creator's jobs. Okay, now that's a little bit weird, but I'm just reading through this, okay? See, this is what's really good for reading out loud because you're going to be like, wait, what? Present perfect instead of past perfect? Yeah, let's keep going. Furthermore, around 4,994 new companies or partnerships has been created with around 4,130 still in operation in 2016. See, we're talking about a point in the past, not talking about present perfect to today. So, there are some grammar problems. While no further revenue was generated by 30.8%, although there's a comma between the zero and the eight, of projects once their campaign had finished, the other 59.2% generated a total revenue of $3.4 billion outside of Kickstarter. Huh. Interesting. This means that for every dollar that was bid in Kickstarter... An average of $2.46 revenue were raised outside of the site. As these statistics represent just one of many crowdfunded sites and only 30% of the 61,654 projects responded to Moloch's survey, they demonstrate that crowdfunding has had a significant economic impact since its perception. So, guys, reading that out loud, it was cringy as hell, okay? Because that paragraph is all over the place. I don't even know what he's trying to say. I would rewrite the whole goddamn thing. But there are a lot of present perfect that needs to be past perfect. There are comma errors, okay? There are site and campaign. I'll hurry up and point those out. You can put the correct homophone, not the incorrect homophone. These are all the things that I've explained in the previous seasons. It's, if you have not heard... You're going to have to go back and listen a little bit. But with that being said, guys, here's the challenge. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for these paragraphs. Send them anonymously. I do not care. Take advantage of this one potential free teaching hour you have with, of course, the one and only Arsenio. And with that being said, I'm looking forward to these paragraphs over and out.